Molly smiles with the dawn. <laughs> Molly smiles and she radiates oh the God. glow around her halo. When she smiles, Molly smiles. It's Enough. a new okay. day, Molly smiles. <laughs> okay, I I didn't know you're gonna do the whole the into the soft ending but mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. all right now that's how a real cinematographer does it we start with the end hey y'all it's eden and courtney welcome to kind of sort of cinephiles a podcast dedicated to giving real and honest reviews on the classics cult hood, pop culture, and everything in between. Let's get into today's episode. Na, 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 na. Sheets of Egyptian cotton. <laughs> I just want to start off by saying what a shit song that was. That was a good song. What a shit song. It needed and a hook. Way, it was just so bad. Like, ugh. I think you're a hater. It was a bad like song. Me. It's a good song. But... If you couldn't tell by my glorious vocals um, that I'm going to touch up a little bit on the editing. (laughs) We watched 2003's cult classic Uptown Girls. It's for me definitely one of those movies that like I forget about. But then whenever I watch it, I'm like, I'm really happy that I put this on. Like Mm -hmm. it's such a like I'm going to get a little pun ice cream. And eat this while I watch this delectable film. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it's a good time. I would like to personally thank my older sister and brother's mom. Great lady. Oh. But <laughs> I want to shout out her because I would have never watched this movie without her. She had this like treasure trove of DVDs, which I still think she has like in her house. And she let like me and Emerald like I guess rent them. She was like, oh, yeah. She knew I liked movies. So we would just grab like three or four every time we were over there and then return them. And this was one of those that that one time. And I just I fell in love. So thank you. I, I mean, it's a it's a beautiful movie to fall in love with. I think I found this movie. Me and Sydney, it was like one of those phases when we was like renting movies that we wasn't supposed to be renting like during the summer and like blaming it on our auntie. So like we wouldn't get in trouble. And that was one of the movies we rented for like, I mean, it was like 99 cents. Yeah, like, you know, it was, we weren't renting it because it was a bad movie. We we just weren't supposed to be renting movies at all. Because my mama was just like, we have DVDs and it's movies on demand for free. Why are you renting movies? She was right. Like, I mean, we still do it now. I still very much so would rent a movie. Like, but that's because I'm an adult and I can do what I want. Yeah, period. Period. Mm. This was a great movie. This is a movie that, Clearly, both of us have history on, which I think is the first on the pod. Yeah. I feel like I've seen this movie at least five times. I think I've only seen it three. Like, very Mm. spread. And this was the third time that I've watched it. Really? Yeah. I've watched a lot in, like, the past, like, in the COVID years. Because it just, it's one of those movies that, like, I know I'm going to cry in. So I watch it for that purpose. But I also just really like it. I feel that. See, Still Magnolias was that for me. Mm, okay. So I've never actually seen the trailer to this until 
I had to for the podcast. And I hated it. You hated the... (laughs) See, I feel like it's... Go ahead. I loved it. The song they chose... I mean, the song was good, but I feel like as a trailer, it gave too much away. Like, all of the big moments in the movie were in the trailer. And I don't necessarily think that that's what makes a good trailer. I think a good trailer has you wanting more, has you like, ooh, I have to go watch this. But I felt like, and maybe this is because I have seen the movie so many times, maybe, to me, it felt like, well, they kind of telling everything that's about to happen in this little two minutes, you know? I feel like, I don't know. I I think that's how like a lot of the movies were during that time. Yes. Like, I think that most of the trailers that had like these early 2000 movies, because they were like phasing out of like that, um, like 80s, you know, like the 90s trailers where it was just like mm-hmm. all all the voiceover, not, little yeah, no music. Talking. Yeah. And we just kind of saw each scene. Yeah. I feel like they were like trying to figure out how to phase that out. Mm. And, you know, also bring in, like, tell, like, without giving away all the sad parts, but, like, you know, like, it's about a rich girl lost her money nannies. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah. Like, giving it to us, but not giving it all to us. I mean, it does have, a, like, a twist at the end. Like, I, you know, I uh, wouldn't yeah. see this trailer. Yeah. Like, I'm going to cry. I would see this trailer and be like, oh, like, okay, like, I'll probably see it, you know, when it comes out for free. on Like, when I probably get it on DVD, like. Not on theaters mm-hmm. though. Like if I were to see that trailer in two thousand three, I I would have gotten it on DVD. I don't think my family did go see that in theaters, and that was you know we you know we were big movie people. We did not go see that in theaters, so mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that's what happened. But like yeah, like I wasn't mad at the trailer. The second I heard, why'd you have to go and make things so complicated? Lol. I was just like, this is a fucking banger. Like speaking of. Lavina's dating tiger. Uh, very random. I was I saw that and I was like, why? Like, how did y'all get together? What? But that's neither here nor there. Yeah. Avril Lavigne's been making pop since the early 2000s mm-hmm. and it's still blowing our minds today. So yeah, I guess we can get into like the overall concept of what the movie is, which I think I kind of just said it's really like this pamper princess. Paris died when she was a kid. She inherited like hundreds of millions of dollars. She um, ends up being swindled out of her money by like the family's accountant like years later when she's a grown adult. And -hmm. then ultimately starts nannying for her friend's like boss's kid who's super anal, Mm -hmm. like very ocd in a way and like together they both learn from each other she has to grow up and be an adult and the kid gets to be a kid and gets that support that she needs yeah and i think what's funny about it is neither one of them is grown like dakota fanning plays ray and Brittany murphy r.i.p to my sister plays molly and what i thought was so crazy is i didn't realize until I watched it for the podcast. Molly was 22. Like she was turning 22 at the beginning of the movie. And we're supposed to Mm -hmm. think of her as this like adult. And here we are on the brink of 24. When you all hear this, we will be 24 per. And I don't feel like a real adult. Like I feel like a mini adult. So I think it's crazy that 
in the movie, we're supposed to see Molly as some type of grown person. Like she should have her shit together. She's 22. Like she's 22. She's had it all her life. Money, I guess power in a way. But she's never had to worry about anything. My girl didn't even know how to work a laundry machine, like a washing machine. Oh, yeah. But yeah. She was just living so in her little life. Like her, because the, the movie starts off on the day of her birthday and we get a glimpse of like how mm-hmm. she's one perceived by everybody else. But then also through that, like how mm-hmm. she treats other people because like mm-hmm. Molly to me, like in no means was ever a rude or like mean spirited person. Mm-hmm. She just happened to be rich. And you know, like a lot of times when like you see that, like that trip, like the mean rich girl, like it wasn't that like she was like, you know, I know these flowers. I have a hundred boot, like a hundred plus flowers in the hallway, and it's inconveniencing my neighbors. But give this bouquet to your wife, okay? Like how sweet! And mm-hmm. you know, she threw the doorman one of her gifts after she had like four hundred gifts downstairs waiting for her, and then she goes donate them. I don't pennies. I'm telling you right now, I would have went. I'd be like, just take them up to my room, please. Thank you. Like, she was like, give him a good way. I don't care. Like, because, you know, everything Terry just kind of comes back. And I, one of the things I put in my notes that I kind of went yeah. back to, but I had to kind of kind of take it back, but not really, was like, she was kind of a manifestation queen. But I was like, she couldn't really be a manifestation queen because she really never had to want for anything. Because if you remember when yeah, no. we found out, like, <laughs> oh, she, she lost all her money. It was like, oh, no. And so the guy goes like... You know, the man could come back. And, like, if he does come back, we're going to, like, put him in jail. Like, he's going to the FBI. And she goes, well, he's definitely going to come back. Like, he, I just know he's going to come back. And I was like, what a positive outlook. Like, she's really speaking abundance back into her life. Like, what I a mean, positive she wouldn't have thing. got the money back, though, regardless if he came back or not. Yeah, that's true. But still, like... I just feel like, cause, <laughs> but no, like when she said, I was like, oh, like that's a good point. Like he's gonna come back. Like she's gonna figure it out. But then, like you know, she wasn't really worried about it, and I realized that wasn't her being a manifestation queen. That was her just really being like, I've never had to worry about anything, so why would I worry about something now? And then she quickly started tripping when she bought those thousand count sheets for that man. I think we're getting which ahead was of ourselves. Crazy. We haven't even done the the letters of letterbox. Let's let's backtrack, oh, guys. Take a journey backtrack. back with me to the letters of Letterbox, Courtney. Um, so dear readers, today's letter of Letterbox comes from Chelsea. Thank you, Chelsea, darling. And it's a direct quote from the movie, which I think really resonated with me, um, especially with recent events in my life. It's a harsh world because it is. And that was a common theme. Shout out Dakota Fanning with Ray for saying that. The context as to which she said it was really fucked up. Like it was really messed up. I'm not going to lie. I was like, oh, what a harsh outlook for a seven year old. My God. Like, I just feel like it's true though. Like it's a harsh world. Like if you don't have that support, like if you don't have those people looking out for you, it's a hard world. And like Molly didn't have that. Like her parents had died. She had friends, but like she only had two solid friends, which you really only need a few mm-hmm. people in your corner. But you know what I mean? Like when everything hit the fan first, she really didn't have nobody there to really like be like, okay, 
let's do this. She kind of had to figure it out on her own. Like she had a few people there, but like not in the way like, you know, like if today, if one of us like were like had a mental breakdown, we could be like, okay, I'm going to go home and I can go home to be with our, with, you know, my parents and they're going to make sure I'm mm-hmm. good. Molly literally could not do that. It really represents the movie in like real life as a 20 year old. Like it's a harsh world. Uh, I would agree. I would agree. And my letter of letterbox comes from Lane. Thank you for being a pro member. Lane writes in all caps, Molly smiles and I cry. I've never heard anything that really resonated with me like that because it's true. So thank you, Lane. Mm -hmm. Shout out Lane. (laughs) (laughs) I do want to touch on the director a tad bit because I feel like this movie is underrated in its direction because really if you look at it masterpiece oh no the transitions to the score to the emotions on everybody's face like the even the back the and detail, forth like the juxtaposition was, i'll say yeah it English. was chef's kiss it was Period. great and it's one of those that you kind of take for granted but we're gonna shout out the director boaz yakin he also directed remember the titans and he wrote the screenplay for The Heart of They Fall. Hmm. Oh, I know those are both like really good movies. I remember the Titans is the football film with Denzel Washington, right? Yeah. Okay, then I have seen it. I just haven't seen it in a while. Like, I haven't seen it since I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely have not seen The Heart of They Fall though. Oh, well, <laughs> to everyone normal out there, oh. you understand why this is big. But mm. we can All continue right, on our story of Molly, where Courtney left off. We were talking about like how she treated people. She was at the club for her birthday. Super cool. Might I ask for her 22nd birthday? Come on now. I No, it was really late. Like she had a big surprise party, hundreds of gifts, like a bunch of flowers. Everybody kind of just showed up for her. And all she did was get lit. I do think it's really funny that I thought was like just hilarious for the film is in the club, that was the first place that she met Ray was at her birthday party in a club. Just to let you know. And the whole time. She was hating on her. Ray was reading Molly for Phil. The entire like, movie. The And the thing was, everything she said was true. It was just it was hurtful. True. Like, mm-hmm. every single thing she said was true. From her saying that lampshade in her head was stupid. Because it was. Why would you do that? Okay, first <laughs> of all, Molly ate with that. Who else is putting a lampshade in their hair? And that wasn't even in the script. That was Britney. That was all Britney. So, boom. Dang, did Dakota read her like that, Randa? Yes. <laughs> that makes it even more funny because if y'all, like, when, hopefully you guys watched the movie. And when you do, you're going to know why that's so funny because the way Dakota, like, was was quick. Mm-hmm. It was, she was real quick with it. And I was just like, ooh. I but you also have to remember she was also in um, Cat in the Hat. Was that not right before this? Oh, was she? I think so. And she was kind of like that, too, in Cat in the Hat. Like, very smart, witty. So maybe maybe yeah, Dakota like 2003. Yeah, maybe Dakota is like like that in real life. Maybe she is really like a little like spicy. I, mean, I think so. What I want to say, which I'm here for. I'm not mad at that. She's the spicy sister, that. and then L is the more like, you know. Yeah, I feel. And like I you know do. What I, mean I love the fanning sister. So great, but no, like that's where they first met. I thought that was hilarious, and then she also meets another main character. I have to pull up my notes so I can remember his name. Neil. Um. Yes, Neil. Mm-hmm. And Neil was 
not attractive to me at all. Like nothing about that man. At gay. the time, at the time. That's what I'm saying. Like it was a lot more in the, in the movie. Maybe, but it was a lot more sex symbols happening in the two thousands and he was not one of them. He, but you they know, weren't in the movie, Courtney. They were not yeah, in the movie. That's what I'm saying. Like shout out to them. But I now. will say she ate down. She is me. And this is I think that Molly is a Pisces because I oh, feel like she, I resonated I with her so heavy the entire movie. Even when she was doing stupid stuff, I was like, oh, that's so me. <laughs> because when she saw him, she was like, Can I have him for my birthday? And anybody in my current life right now knows that that's what I'm thinking. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to my pod. That is crazy. That's that is crazy. crazy. That's not crazy. That was a real Pisces thing of you to say. Mm-hmm. So Molly is definitely a Pisces, 100%. She gives. Like, but also, 100%. I think the an important person in the movie, too, is Ingrid, her best friend, or her girl yeah. best friend. And I, I did think to myself, I was like... Are we Ingrid and Molly? But I think we switch. Like, depending on the situation, you would be Molly and I would be Ingrid. Because when they were in her house, and it's giving all Ingrid. I'm like, well, we have baking club and don't ruin it. Okay? No. <laughs> no. But she was like, she was like, you need to. And she looked at Molly and Molly goes, you know, I'm going to get you a great housewarming gift. And then Ingrid goes, like, oh, don't worry about that. It's going to be hard enough to cover your half of the rent. I thought, yeah, I've the way if I was Molly, I would have been so gagged because Mm -hmm. I don't have no money. The job I had, I just lost it. Like Molly didn't have no money, no job, no nothing. And Ingrid was like, you know, girl, like, you know, I'm your home girl. You can stay with me. Like we've been besties for forever. No biggie, which Mm -hmm. is like a great friend. But also I'm like, if I was Ingrid, I'd probably also be like, you do got to pay me rent. You know, like you do got to pay me rent. Like this, this apartment is not that big. So if you stay in here. I'm going to need a little something for sure. And double the food. That was crazy. Double the cleaning. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. But um, no, I, I would agree with that. I think definitely sometimes it really goes back and forth depending on the situation and what it is. Like, 100%. It definitely goes back and forth. That's I think you. that. Thank you, sister. you sister. I think that <laughs> the thing that I really appreciated from the movie in general was just like, Cause it was like a dramedy, but not really, mm-hmm. because it had those like real elements of like heaviness to it. That for me, yeah. I was just like, "Am I gonna cry?" And then immediately after, it's like a light moment. That's like, "Oh, like ah, like we're back into it." And I like the way they teared that. They teared the line so well with it. Like it went back and forth so well, and it really made you remember that, like, like you were saying, like when we're twenty, we're still kids and mm-hmm. we're still figuring it out. And so that line that Dakota said was like you know grow up like she was like it's two people in this room I don't see an adult and I was like that's a fact because I don't think anybody in my immediate circle is like I'm a real adult because we're not like we're all a bunch of kids who can drink (laughs) (laughs) and I think like I don't know so all the characters I feel like play off of each other very well because like we have Molly Ingrid Ray, but then on the other side you have like Neil, Roma, which is Ray's mother, mm-hmm. and they're on their own little like. I feel like those yeah, are the people have- who are like out to like not out to get, but like they're either they're like stunting Molly's growth in a way, but not the way that you would think. Because Molly, I feel like is supposed to be growing up and doing all this different stuff and trying to figure her life out, but instead she's using her Pisces powers. And being a seductress 
for Neil. Which, See, but that's the thing, though. She's she did, but it, in the in the movie, she did grow up because because what I want to go back to when she first met Neil because at her birthday party, she's like, I have to have him, and she like gets him to go to her apartment, which I was like, okay, girl, you said you wanted it, you did it, you got it, period. Mm, but then I thought they were in that apartment for like the weekend. They were in there like, for days. Part, yeah, like I feel like it, it was like a minute. They were in that apartment, and the apartment was fucking. It's a thing that excuse my with us. my f my f bomb. Excuse me, but the apartment was filthy. It was filthy, yeah. and she literally had a little pig running around her pig style because mm. it was filthy. <laughs> And, Which I thought was funny too. No, it was. And so like she's in the tub with her homegirl and she's real life like, oh, like he getting on my nerves. I'm so sick of him. Like he needs to just go then home. She He's said, like, wait, stay. Are you leaving? <laughs> and the whole, and in the beginning of the movie, when they first met though, she literally goes, like he tells her, he was like, I haven't been involved anybody romantically because I'm an alcoholic. Because I'm an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. And it also lets you know that like how, where Molly's mind is, is very like, in the moment, self gratification, because the second that man told me that me and him getting together was gonna mess up his sobriety, I would have been well, well. It depends. It depends. I feel like if it it's depends. one of those people, like you know, you're not gonna be like, well, then that ain't my problem. Let's get this on and pop and play, boy. Okay, mm-hmm. okay. But See then you later. I'll be like. <laughs> I might be like, oh, but then if you do fall off the wagon, I don't want him to blame it on me because then I'm going to feel bad that he like, but oh, then, well, you know, I started drinking because. But the Molly side of me is thinking, he's going to write a song about me. Wow. Girl. <laughs> and did he? Did he write a song? Because woo, was it a but song? But like, I feel like, and this is, it's really because it's Pisces season, so I'm going to talk about myself. But we're the best muses. So... I feel like as, that's what's going on. I, I support, you know, as my Pisces sister, I have a lot of Pisces people in my life and I support you. Mm-hmm. I would have to disagree. Ooh. You feel me? But, um, you know, I could understand. But again, that was a Pisces thing of you to say. Mm-hmm. That was a Pisces thing of you to say. So I'm going to let it rock. I'm going to let it rock. I do think, yeah. you know, you're a muse, Eden, and that's what matters. Thank you. You're somebody's muse. I cannot it's say that for all Pisces, because you can, I, you can, you know. But whatever, she was trying to be his I'm muse so for much, sure. So much of a muse, guys. This is a fun fact. I dress as Julia Fox for a costume party. Josh Safdie's muse in Uncut Gems. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anywho, back That's to the fact. she's she's speaking facts. She did do that. Mm. She had did. Them, had them turning their necks. Okay. Period. Anywho. We're gonna get back to it. Yes. Okay, so Ray as a character, let's let's do a little breakdown. We're gonna do something a little different. Let's let's break down these characters because the movie in itself is self-explanatory, to be honest. But Ray, this eight-year-old girl, her father's on like life support. Her mom is a is she Absolutely. like a record a music agent or head of a record label? Oh, you are talking about her job? <laughs> What'd you say? I was like, she's an absent mother. She is an absent mother. I feel like she would want me to say it's because of her job, but I don't think that she wanted a child. And you can tell by the but by the way that she treats her, the way that she speaks to her, and just everything. How they interact is very yeah. it's business. The thing is, I don't know if not she motherly. Yes, she does that. My thing is, I don't know if it's because she didn't want a child. Because like like in my when they showed a picture of her husband finally he was an old man and she mm. looks to be younger than him so I feel like she wanted a child for sure to secure that bag if anything. Mm. 
that that's what I was thinking. I just think that she really never she didn't understand how to be a mother to her, especially after her husband passed. And it's I think true. because like for a minute, I think her husband was kind of picking up the game because like, you know, Ray, she didn't want to show her emotions when her husband, when her father was sick, because it was, you know, as a tro, that's a lot to unpack, you know, do and Ray. So like mm-hmm. emotional walls. But I think that she didn't know how to be a parent to Ray without her husband being there. Because to me, what it felt like was just like the dynamic of them as a family was like the husband kind of taking the lead as the parent and then her kind of following. And then once he was sick, it was like, mm-hmm. I'm busy, you know, I'm what busy I and this do? is a lot for me. So it kind of fell to the backside for her in which, you know, Ray kept getting a bunch of nannies. She kind of had to be an adult. Like she yeah. had to be an adult for herself. Yeah. And that was the thing with her. Like there was a, there were growing pains with Ray, but it's because she was being too older. She was treated older than she was. Like, this is not a 16 year old. This is not a 20 year old. This is an eight year old. She shouldn't be doing these things by herself. She shouldn't have to, you know, be this way or whatever. But that she should be able to be a kid led into her character. Right. And even when you saw her in her regular day, like, she didn't drink Hawaiian punch. She couldn't. She didn't eat hot dogs. She didn't do free dance at ballet. She wasn't being she a child at all. She drank water. And I also and think it's pills. very funny is that she had never been disciplined until Molly because when she mm-hmm. stuck that middle finger up at Molly, and it wasn't, oh that God. was the second time she did it, and she did it yeah. so casually. Mm-hmm. That you knew that, like, it was something that she does all the time to people. And nobody ever says it to her because her mom was not around. Like, she doesn't have a parent there to be mm-hmm. like, you don't do that to people. That's not okay. And she stuck the motherfucker up at Molly. And Molly grabbed her, grabbed her hair so quick and said, don't you ever do that to me again. And I tell you what, yeah. Ray didn't do it again because Ray needed that adult, you know, somebody to tell her that's wrong. Like, you're eight. Yeah. You shouldn't be sticking the middle finger up at me. Especially an adult. Yeah. But yeah. And then Molly's, again, the big word, the juxtapose of her behavior. Molly was a child the same age as Ray when when both of her parents died in a car accident. So she had loving parents who were both there for her, it seemed. But her dad was in the music industry and was like a huge rock star, whatever. Which I think is cool that they kind of mirrored each other in that way. So Molly had to just grow up without that parental figure, without anybody there. But she kind of had a different way of life, more free, more fun. She was like, I'm just going to do whatever because why not? And she was stuck, I think, in that childlike mindset where Ray couldn't get to it. And I think that, yeah, but that played a role in how their relationship like flourished throughout the rest of the movie. Yeah, because they kind of became that balance that one another needed, like... Ray was able to help Molly grow up to kind of make those hard decisions to be that responsible, you know, to be kind of mm-hmm. responsible in her life. And then Molly came along to show Ray, like, hey, it's okay to, you know, have a hot dog if we're going to Coney Island or, you know, right. to just let loose. You don't have to practice your ballet every day because Ray's whole thing was fun fundamentals fundamentals you have to have the fundamentals the blocks fun. of fun fun which is just like you're eight what mm-hmm. okay but that makes sense and like yeah, the, the and we kind of see that happen again in the movie when Molly you know like she grows up does it right you know starts to be mature like Whatever. And then she was like, I want to go to design school because she was like, I don't have a passion. Mm-hmm. I've never had to do anything. I never tried to do anything. So I don't really know what I want to do. 
realizes she has a thing for fashion and was like at the end of the movie she ends up like you know applying to fashion school and the lady goes you know why don't you just you know work for these people you know all these people and she uses a quote that ray tells her you know early in the movie to say like hey no like i want those fundamentals i want the foundation so that when i do go off and do these things it's done the right way mm-hmm. which really just shows the growth of her overall character and then also with Freya in the, the movie having her little freestyle dance at her ballet recital to show molly Again, showing her breaking into her kid-like nature again, which I thought was just beautifully yeah. done. And there was a lot of yeah. like, I guess foreshadowing would be the right word of like the sequences and like the different scenes. Like when they were in the room fighting over, I don't know what they were fighting over the doll, but, or no, they were spinning. So they were spinning in the room and then it kind of like made me think about when they spun at the end on the teacup ride mm. when unfortunately Ray's father passed which was it was a sad thing she ran away she ran away because her dad died and her mom was like she's a strong girl like her dad died she's fine and then she has this mental breakdown taking it very well you think she's taking her dad dying well like i would be worried as a parent if my child didn't cry after their dad died like what come on now but then i also think like I will say something though. Ray had her boundaries together mm-hmm. and she set them, which I was like, she's doing that thing. And Molly, when Molly bit it, was sitting at her little tea table and Ray told her, look, you can only sit at my table if I invite you. Like, please don't touch my things. Put it down. And then right. Molly keeps on touching her stuff and then bites into her plastic pastries. I thought to myself, I said, well, I hate to say this, but Molly was wrong there. I get what you're trying to do to like loosen her up, but like she set a boundary with you. Don't touch her stuff. Yeah. And here you go in her room, disrupting her stuff and shocked that she's like has attitude with you. Cause I would have had attitude too. I'd have been like, girl, I told you don't touch that. Now you can put your mouth on it. Stop. Yeah. So I thought that was like a it random was, moment that I it was just a bit much. I was like, Molly, please. Yeah. And there was like a lot. And this is actually a really short movie, but had like so much in it because it was only like 92 minutes but you got mm-hmm. to see their relationship form and the trust there because even when it came to like her actually inviting her to tea or her wanting her to show up to her recitals or wanting her to be there and molly also knowing that like ray needed her in the same way that she yeah. kind of needed ray because they really they both kind of had nobody like in that type of role like because they had well, ray didn't really have friends but Molly had friends, Molly but had it wasn't friends. the same thing. Yeah. And I guess the, the the thing that was really sad was just like when Molly was trying to like relate to her about her parents dying, she was saying like, oh, like you should say, you should talk to your dad. Like, and she's like, that makes no sense because he can't hear me. She's like, well, you should always talk to them. Like, it's going to make it better. I promise. Oof. I was like, you never make promises to kids. And she um, promised. Just, yeah. She pinky promised. And then her dad died like literally the next day. So, yeah. But also I'm thinking to myself, like, it's a good thing she did go sit and read with him because she he would have died without, ever, you know, without her ever really no. being able to have that time with him. Yeah, I think that he was waiting on her. Part of me feels yeah. like he knew that at some point she would come around and he was like, I want to let her get her last little thing in and then I'm going to go. Yeah. Which was sweet. It was sweet, but, but it was just overall, sad. It was so sweet. This was a good movie. I really freaking enjoyed it. And I think we can talk a little bit about Neil. He was kind of ridiculous. He was a slut. Um, he did oh. end up sleeping with Ray's mother, which was gross. 
And then he said he was celibate in the beginning, which is a tick for me because you're not celibate, you're abstinent. You can't be celibate unless you're never, ever, ever having sex or you're like a nun. So just vocabulary for you. It was very weird. And the whole reason behind it was because he's an alcoholic, but then you're sleeping with your boss or the old women which was gross mm. like and then at the end was trying and to like stole talk her jacket. to molly yeah right. he stole stole her jacket he stole and then her was like, concept oh, for the video because she was like oh stole her idea. So good on you. and then look at his he music stole her, video he stole her, he stole, like he stole the song she was like you need a hook in your song i don't write musical hooks that's why you're not getting signed right he wrote the music with the and i'm like why would you listen to he, her like come on and then about the sheets that she brought him in the jacket that mm-hmm. she made him popped up and then tried to throw her to the wayside. Oh, yeah. Neil. Let's yeah. be serious now. Come on. A bit much. But that's why at the end, I guess he tried to make it better. Well, I want to say it was Ray's mom who tried to make it better because she like bought all her dad's guitars and that's what they used to have the recital at the end and then he sang the song her dad's song yeah. which was sweet but it was sad because yeah. her dad's guitars weren't going for as much as she thought and i said three thousand for the whole collection i thought it was i was like three thousand maybe for a guitar like because her dad oh, yeah, was no. supposed to be somebody like um i don't know who's a famous 90s rock star Mick Jagger. Yeah, like kind of like he was supposed to be like Mick Jagger. <laughs> Mick Jagger's yeah, he's a he's a rock star. But you know what I mean? He's supposed to be like Mick Jagger, and like nobody wanted his stuff, so she's broke and can't get no money. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, would you watch this again? I know it's a silly question coming from. Of course, because I know you. I watch this movie yeah. all the time. I recommend this movie to people exactly. all the time as well. Would you watch it again? Um, for a fourth time, I would. Like I'd watch it again, but I watch it like anytime soon. No. But if somebody was just like, oh, let's watch this movie. It's a group of people. I put it on. You know, I'm a, I love to key in a movie. So, yeah, I probably will watch it again, but not like by myself. Mm, that's mm, interesting. I do watch this by myself yeah. quite often because I feel like it's, I don't know. This just, it got me again. Like, I didn't think I was going to cry because I'm like, I've seen this so many times. And I just teared up when I, when Ray started beating Molly's she wasn't beating her up for real, but like it was after the teacups and there was just, it was a really emotional moment. I think you should watch it for yourself. I'm not going to spoil it, but yeah, that did make me tear up. And then the end makes me tear up always. So Courtney, Same. what would you rate this movie on a scale of one to five? I give it, I'll give it a four. I'll give it a four. I too would give it a four, give it a four. for overall like enjoyability, story, direction. Like it was a good movie. Yeah. It just, and well it just done. didn't, like it did okay. At the box office. I think it got like returned. I think they were, they made it for like 20 million and then they got 44 million. No. Mm. Yeah. So like, you know, I don't know why. I think, over. Yeah. I think it's definitely one of those movies like you don't appreciate it until after, you know, it's time like yeah. Napoleon Dynamite. Like it has a whole cult following. I'm not going to agree with you on that one. Anywho, we don't have to get into that though. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well. We hope that you would enjoy this episode and one of the first movies that we both had previously watched. So, you know, check us out and watch the movie. Yes, of course, watch the movie and catch us next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.